Hi there and thanks for joining us on this episode, the family furniture business turning 100, the global brand that's hiring 50 and the film festival that's drawing thousands. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, Cork is home to a fair few European headquarters, but you might not be overly familiar with the brand we're going to talk about next. But they are here, they have the European headquarters here, and they are expanding. The company has a brilliant name, it's called Zazzle, and Sinead Barry is Director of Operations and Finance at Zazzle Ireland. Sinead, how are you? I'm good, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Very excited to to talk to you about Zazzle. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I don't know much about the business and that's my bad rather than yours. I do know you're located in a lovely building that used to be Guinness House. That's correct. We're in fantastic building here on Union Quay, looking out over the river. So we, we couldn't be in a better place. It's actually it's really nice over here. Now, you're described as a people-powered design platform. Uh, what's that? Yeah, that, that's it. That's us in a nutshell. Um, I suppose what we are to explain in, in a bit more detail is we're, I suppose, what you call an ecosystem of consumers, designers, manufacturers, brands. And Zazzle is the place where, where all these people can come together and connect um, we're more than an online marketplace. I suppose when, when you look at us first and you go on to, to Zazzle.com or Zazzle.co.uk, we, we look like an online marketplace. Yes, you can go there and you can buy products, but I suppose we're much more than that. Um, we're a place where you can customize products, you can design and create your own products. And I suppose our mission is is to create and make anything. So if you can imagine it, we want to make it for you. Okay, that sounds like a that sounds like a personal challenge. Um, but I mean, I go to the website, and the first thing I'm greeted right now is Christmas. So you guys obviously have a decent lead in times, don't you? Well, that's true. We you have to plan, you know, fail to prepare and prepare to fail and all that. So at the moment, all we're talking about is Christmas, holiday season, holiday planning. Um, and, you know, you, you can never start shopping too early. So, you know, get those stocking fillers now. And you've got a lot of brands that have tied into this as well. I mean, big brands like the Disney's and the Marvel's of this world. Like, How much can people do with their stuff? Because I'm guessing they're pretty specific on what you're allowed to do with them. Well, that's right. We have specific licensing agreements with certain brands, like you mentioned, the Disney, the Marvel's, the Sesame Street's. Um, I suppose that the list, the list goes on and you, you can go on and you can pick one of those products and, and depending on what our agreements are, you can add your name or maybe your team or your business name or, or, or things like that. So you can customize those products for your own personal needs. Yeah, but I'm looking at it's brilliant. It's got you've got birthday cards, or you've got T-shirts, or you've got loads of different things you can do that you can customize. I mean, I'm I'm already in here now that I'm on the website. I'm going okay. I'm going to definitely use this. But it's not just about birthday parties. Presumably, there's a big corporate sector that is always looking for that little bit of something different. I suppose we mainly deal with um, individual consumers, um, and like you said, we have an endless list of products: mugs, T-shirts, invitations. To, to anything like, I don't know, shower curtains, bath mats, clocks. I mean, I, I could be here all day if, if I tried to, to, to list out everything that you can possibly get on our website. 
But we do also have a uh, deal with those businesses and we have a dedicated business team here working out of our Cork office who kind of deal with all the business needs and our business customers and they can, they can offer specific deals and, and discounts. So that's all dealt with out of our Cork office here on Union Key. Okay, and uh, you do face masks as well. That's obviously something you pivoted into quite quickly when the demand was there for it. Out of the 50 people you're looking to bring in, um, what what kind of worker are you looking for? Well, I suppose we've most recently hired two software engineers, so we're very excited to, to get teammates in that space into the Cork office here. That They'll be our first two engineers based out of Cork. And of course, we'll be looking to grow and expand that team over, over the coming years. We're also at the moment actively recruiting for a senior product manager. We're looking for talent in the area of technical marketing. You're talking your SEO, your SEM spaces. Um, ideally, we would be looking to hire teammates with a background in e-commerce. Um, and of course, we'll all, we're, we're continuing to grow and expand our existing team. So our, our data team is primarily based here in Cork international marketing, we have a finance team, we have a HR team. And of course, not to forget the, the hundred or so seasonal customer care agents that we're currently recruiting for as well. So it's, it's a very busy time for our recruitment team here, as you can imagine. Um, busy, but, but very exciting. And, you know, the, the, this growth, there's going to be a lot of opportunities that okay. come with it. Can I ask why Cork? Why why did Zazzle choose here? When I think it's two thousand and thirteen that that they first decided to set up shop here. Um, was was there a particular reason why they came, and and more importantly, why they stayed? I suppose yeah, we have been here since since two thousand and thirteen. Um, possibly we've been flying under the radar a little bit before the, this big jobs announcement. Um, we we've been operating out of Cork for for the past eight years, and we have grown and expanded a lot since then. We started off with. 30 employees over in the Elysian building before moving into to our current location, as we mentioned, on, on Union Quay. And the reason why Cork, I suppose, you know, we have two universities here. It's a hot spot for talent. The people we want, they, they're here in Cork. Um, it's Cork City. It's multicultural. It's inclusive. It's diverse. I mean, we have teammates from all different types of backgrounds with different languages which, of course, it's very important for us, um, especially in our customer care space and our international marketing space. Um, we have 16 domains in, in different countries, so we really need to take advantage of those people who have a second or even a third language. And we, we can find all that here, right here in Cork. Okay, well, the obvious question in Cork is, why not Cork? Uh, surely it's the most obvious place in the world. Uh, look, you are hiring those people right now. Uh, if people are, are interested in perhaps joining, where can they find out more about the types of jobs on offer? You can find it all on our careers page on the Zazzle.com website. So if you just go straight to, to Zazzle.com and you can click on the, the careers link there, you'll find details of all the jobs we're currently hiring for. Okay, you'd get lost in the website for hours. Uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through T-shirts right now. There's, there's really is loads <laughs> there. So congrats uh, on the expansion and best of luck in the future. Sinead Barry, Director of Operations and Finance at Zazzle Ireland uh, on Union Key. Thanks so much for joining us. That's great. Thanks, Jonathan. Red Business.
all that's best about business in Cork. One of Cork's best known and largest furniture retailers is celebrating 100 years in business this year. Casey's Furniture, you know the ads, you know the stores. and uh, No doubt you might have one or two pieces in your house that originated in Casey's. Uh, the family name lives on. Uh, David Casey is with me to talk about the centenary. David, how are you? I'm very good, Jonathan. Very good. And yourself? I'm very good. What generation are you, David? I'm third. Third generation. So tell us about the origin of the business. Who set it up? Okay, so my grandparents, uh, John and Francis Casey, they set it up in 1921. And then my father and his brother, my father Jim Casey and his brother Brian Casey, they then uh, took over the mantle. And then myself and my brother Peter, um, we've been running it for about 30 years now at this stage. Okay, and uh, people will be familiar with the shop on Oliver Plunkett Street. That that was that always headquarters, or was headquarters somewhere else originally? And uh, no, uh, where we originally started out out on is in Marlborough Street, where Tony's Fine Clothing was, or is, should I say? Um, and we moved to this building in 1926, and we are we've never we've been here ever since. An interesting thing is the actual frontage on Oliver Plunkett Street is the exact same. We have never touched it, bar replace one bit of stained glass on the top part of the building, which is a small three or four inches. Um, but everything else is the same. It's, it's right. incredible how long a shop frontage can last. So your third generation, as is your brother, yep. what's your earliest recollection of the business? Can you remember going to the store or being, being in the store and something striking you? Or, or was it just always part of your life? I suppose it's always been part of our life, but what my earliest memory would be, you know, I'm from a family of six children and my dad would have been a very hard worker. He, you know, was work, he worked an awful lot, but every Christmas Eve we were brought to town and sometimes a Larry might collect us or my grandparents might drop us in and we'd come into shop. We'd go down to uh, Cash's, our roach store to see Santa. Uh, we'd go back up and we'd stop in Farmgate to get some cakes and uh, minerals and then our dad would invariably allow us run wild for an hour in the shop so that's my <laughs> earliest memory just jumping on couches and you know years ago rolls of carpet used to be in the shop hanging up so you'd be pulling them and we used to dement the, the, the guys who used to work here but that's that's my earliest memory but you know like any family business we all started working here when we were probably about 12 13 just doing odd jobs and hoovering and you know, I suppose as we got stronger, we then went on to the lorries and, you know, that's that's the nature of a family business. You get yeah. stuck in. And there was nothing that was ever beneath you. You did a little bit of everything, no. I'm presuming. Yeah, I know. No, my father, no, my father, you know, would, be, would, would have trained both of us in our early days, as he would have trained my brothers and sisters. And he, his motto was, if you're not prepared to do it yourself, don't ask anyone else to do it. So, no, there was uh, there was no special treatment here. Yeah, okay, and it, it didn't do you any harm. The business, though, has changed, and it changed so dramatically, even in the last 18 months. You guys were already online, weren't you? Uh, and how well set up were you for the chaos of the pandemic? Um, we, we were reasonably well set up, but, you know, uh, when the pandemic came, it, it certainly focused our minds, and uh, we had to double and triple our, our effort, and... Um, but unfortunately, it worked out for us. Um, we have a very strong online presence, which is getting stronger and stronger. Um, and our online presence serves the whole of Ireland, um, just not Cork. Um, so 
you know, we get a lot of customers from, you know, Donegal to Dublin, you, you name it. We, we, we've been in every county. So our online presence was hugely important. Now, in saying that, since we've opened, um, I, there is a very strong feeling from our customer that they do like to come into the shop. They do like to sit on the couch. They do like to feel the fabric. So it's a bit of both. It's a blended, it's a blended offer where before it was just purely bricks and mortar. And I've talked about this before. I'm I'm very much a tactile shopper. I I like to see and feel something. Now sometimes yeah. I feel the price labels at your place, and I am genuinely I, I I need to sit down after looking at them. But you've got a good mix in terms of high end, mid end, and and, and affordable, if I can put it that way. Ah yeah, look, you know, you know, our customer comes as I said from far and wide, and we feel we have something for everybody. Um. You know, we one of the slogans we used before is beautiful pieces at affordable prices. And, you know, we have couches ranging from 799 all the way up. And I think we've something for everybody. And whether you want to come in and buy a bed, you know, we've, we've, we've a, a vast range of uh, mattresses in all different prices and suit all different people. And sometimes the most expensive isn't necessarily the best for the customer. So, you know, everyone has yeah. different requirements and different needs. And, you know... Um, but the most important thing is quality. You know, you just can't, yeah. you can't, you can't replace quality. What do you think John Casey uh, would make of the Ikeas of this world? Not to denigrate another brand because they have their place in the market, but the idea that even if you buy a, a table and chairs, that it all arrives in a flat pack and you have to assemble it yourself. I, I doubt he would have been rushing to embrace that particular end of the market, would he? No, no, no. Uh, we've always kind of prided ourselves on, you know, going that extra mile, adding, you know, uh, the extra bit of service, but most importantly, the quality. So, you know, when you get something from Casey's, our, our delivery guys will, will arrive in our green lorry and we put it into room of your choice. We will unpack it and we will, uh, we will assemble it. And that's, that's very important uh, for us. And what they do, they are extremely successful and best of luck to them. But, you know, we do what we do and, you know, it's important that you keep um, keep to your core values and our core values is quality. A uh, hundred years ago, Cork was emerging out of a crisis. The city centre just burnt down and, and, and you took the opportunity to open that shop. The, the, there's a, not a great link between what happened back then and what happened now, but it is an economic crisis from which we are emerging. How confident are you about the future? I look, you know, it's not. It's not going to be without its challenges, um, and I think we people will see that this Christmas with with lots of things where you know supply is going to be an issue, and not just in furniture. I think just right across the spectrum of retail. Um, but you know, I think if we if if businesses keep their core value, you know, work hard, I think we will get through this like we've got through lots of other um, problems over the last 30, 40 years. So I, I, you know, we will we'll be confident. And is there another generation of cases who are let loose on a Christmas Eve? And not quite, but you know, who knows? Um, but my brother and and I have 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 children, and and let's see. But you know, that's something that I would never, on a personal level, force because uh, this isn't for everyone. Um, you have to be very passionate about this, and if you don't come in um, and not one hundred percent committed, uh, this wouldn't be for you. So. I, you know, hopefully they will, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, I'm guessing they still would love to jump around on Christmas Eve, though, if they were given half an opportunity to do it. That, that sounds like yeah. great crack. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it was, it was great crack, to be fair. And we did, I, we had a, a colleague of ours, um, we made a small presentation there the other day, William Scannell, who's worked in Casey's for over 50 years. And he was telling me, you know, he, he remembers it and he remembers it very well that we used to torture them. Uh, I can only imagine what it must be like. I, I know when I bring my kids into a furniture shop, I'm just like, I'm, I'm herding cats, just hope, in the fear that they'd break something. It's easier when you own the shop. David, we wish you and Peter all the very best in all the cases as you celebrate this centenary. And uh, I look forward to the return of the Christmas window this year. And actually, this, this, year one, this year's one is going to be very special. So keep an eye out for it. Will do. David, thanks so much for joining us in Red Business. No problem. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Ah, this weekend sees the return of the Indie Cork Festival, which brings an exciting range of independent movies to Cork audiences online and very excitingly in person this year at the Gate Cinema in the city. Of course, it has been a bit of a luxury being able to go to the cinema in recent months and uh, what we thought we'd never be without. Mick Hannigan is co-director at Indie Cork. He's also got a new business, uh, Green Ray Film Agency, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mick, how are you? I'm very good. I'm rather excited. Um, the, the confirmations of various guests are coming in. Um, sales are good. Sales are very good. Advanced sales. Um, so there's a bit of excitement about the festival and um, I can't wait, to be honest, to be back in the cinema, seeing new films on the big screen, meeting the filmmakers. Um, you know, it's it, it's quite a special dynamic. You, you've been involved with Indie Cork for how many years at this point? This is the ninth edition of Indie Cork, um, Time Flies. Um, we felt that there was a need for a festival to champion independent cinema, to encourage young and emerging filmmakers. And um, it, it took off, it took off from the get-go. And um, so we've been building steadily year on year. So um, it, it's quite quite a big festival now. Um, what is the best film? I know it's a very hard question to ask somebody. It's like picking a favourite child. But what's the one you're looking forward to seeing most at IndyCorp this year? Well, I'll tell you, Jonathan, it, it is difficult because one likes them all, but... Um, there's a very special filmmaker um, coming to us from the United States, Bill Morrison. Um, my colleague on Indy Cork, Una Feely, brought him to Cork many years ago to do a retrospective of his work. And he has privileged us with uh, two new films. Uh, one, his a feature film, is in advance of its American screening. It's going to be released in New York later in September. And it's a real privilege to us for us to be able to screen his, his film uh, and to welcome him to, to Cork. Um, he, he's a really special artist. Um, his films play all across the world, um, a, a very renowned filmmaker and a very respected filmmaker. So he's doing us a great uh, honour, really, paying us a great tribute in coming mm. from New York to present The Village Detective uh, next Tuesday. I have to say, going back to the cinema has been a brilliant experience. I, I'd forgotten how much I'd missed it. Yes, I'd watched lots of films. I've watched lots of good telly, some terrible stuff as well. But just being back in that environment, as you will be in the Gate Cinema, it, it's something special, isn't it? Well, for, for me, Jonathan, um, it's not just seeing, it's not just seeing the film on the big screen, but presenting new films to Cork audiences and having the filmmakers there. To, to get up in front of the audience, introduce the filmmaker, 
um, screen the film, a bit of a question and answer afterwards, or go for a coffee or a beer. You know, it's that particular dynamic that, that make, makes a festival. It's that mixture of film and audience and filmmakers. Funny enough, uh, lockdown suited a lot of filmmakers, didn't it? Because it, it gave them time to produce things. And there was a lot of innovation when people couldn't do much else. Uh, has that come through in the applications this uh, year for people to be part of IndyCorp? Absolutely, Jonathan. You, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, my concern was that with restrictions, that production levels would go down, that people wouldn't be able to make films. Um, the reverse has been the case. We've received from Irish filmmakers, I, I would say, I'd say there's been a 50% increase in Irish entries to the festival. So there's, during lockdown, there's been a great period of creativity, uh, people expressing themselves through films and the innovation that comes from the restrictions of not having a big camera crew and a big set, etc. So I think people will be very pleasantly surprised, we certainly were, at the quality of the work and, and the sheer numbers of films submitted. Tell me a little bit about Green Ray Film Agency. I mean, you launched it in July last year at the Galway Film Flat. What are yourself and Una, who's your business partner, hoping to achieve? Um, we felt that there was a need, Jonathan, to do more than simply screen films for Irish audiences. Um, filmmakers would come up to us after the, the festival and say, what else should I do? What other festivals <laughs> should I go to? And it is bewildering for a filmmaker. There are thousands of festivals out there. I think there are around 40 in Ireland alone. Um, small festivals, larger festivals. So there's a bewildering array of festivals which can be daunting for filmmakers. Uh, Una and I, um, Fortunately, we have experience of the festival world. We've spent, we, we, we've visited many festivals. We've been on international juries and so forth. So we have contacts and expertise and an understanding of how the fe festival system works. So those are the services that we're making available to, um, to filmmakers. Because um, I mean, the one thing that people will always be concerned about if they're taking part in something like this was somehow they lose their shirt uh, and or it, it won't be profitable. You do need to turn a profit, but you need to make it affordable so that film fans can use it. It's a very tight balance, I'd imagine. Um, we're largely dealing with young and emerging filmmakers at the moment, handling their films, getting them into festivals and selling them. We, we sold three films to RTE recently. They've been broadcast on RTE's short screen programme. We sold a couple of films to Aer Lingus. So it is possible to monetize your film, to, to use the, the jargon, and to bring, bring back some income. But also a short film is an opportunity to establish yourself as a filmmaker, to build um, a reputation, um, to make a name for yourself, and the way to do that is to get your films out to festivals. And that's where GreenRate comes in, because we do festival strategies for each of our clients. We submit their films. We send follow-up emails, phone calls, etc., using our contacts in the festival world to, um, to, to gain a wider audience for the filmmaker. Well, Indie Cork is the one that the big focus is on right now. If you're interested in having a look at what films are 
uh, on display and available to either download or go and see in a real cinema in the cork i-n-d-i-e cork.com is the website address and it's running from september 19th to 26th at the gate cinema and september 19th to october a couple of extra days if you want to take part in indie cork online mick we wish you and everyone involved the best of luck mick hannigan of indie cork and indeed of green ray film agency thank you so much for joining us on red business thank you johnson my thanks as always to all of my guests. Don't forget every episode is uploaded right now to redextra.ie. Kara McDonough was the producer and we'll catch you on the Red next one. Business. All that's best about business in Cork.